You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Thanks for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. Like all of us in the St. Louis area, for many months now, Lori Maffley Kipp has been paying close attention to the events in Ferguson, Missouri. Beginning shortly after the death of Michael Brown last August, she began noticing something about the protests that wasn't the focus of much mainstream news coverage the role of churches and religious leadership in Ferguson. Maffley Kipp is a professor with the John C. Danforth Center on Religion and Politics. And at least in some ways, she sees similarities between Ferguson and other social movements in American history. The black church has always played a role in social movements uh, in the 19th century, certainly because it was really the only institution that African-Americans had in a lot of communities to call their own. Now, when thinking about African-American religious leadership and political movements, my mind immediately goes to the civil rights era and the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. But the connection actually goes back much further. After the Civil War, during Reconstruction, quite a few of the local and national African-Americans who became politicians were ministers because they were sort of natural leaders in their community. So there's always been a a link between political activity and church leadership. However, this long relationship doesn't mean that African-American church leadership and politics have always gone easily hand in hand. In fact, even in the 1950s and 60s, this wasn't true. It's, I think, easy to forget that even in the civil rights movement there were tensions between SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and church leaders, because members of SNCC who tended to be young, they were younger, they were students, they thought that the church leaders were a little too traditional, weren't moving quickly enough, were a little more conservative in their approach. This is where we get back to Ferguson. In some ways, Mathley Kipp believes similar generational gaps have happened there. Because this is sort of a youthful protest movement, there are a lot of African-American youth and and white youth who have been involved in the movement who aren't necessarily church members. And so it didn't necessarily come naturally for them to sort of look to to church leaders. This was especially noticeable when prominent figures like the Reverends Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson arrived in Ferguson from out of town. But despite the lukewarm reception of outside religious leaders, Mathley Clip noticed that churches and ministers were playing a prominent role if sometimes a less visible one. On the other hand, there are black and white church leaders sort of locally in St. Louis who have really been trying to serve more as facilitators for the youth. So people like Deb Krause at Eden Seminary or Tracy Blackman, who has a church up in Florissant, or Mike Kinman, have, I think, gone out of their way to say, this isn't our movement. You know, we're here to provide support. We're here to support you and to help. Churches have also been a means of support in other ways. Leaving aside faith for a moment, just the physical spaces, the churches themselves, have been a major resource for the people of Ferguson. Even though there are all kinds of other community spaces these days, in the month or two after Mike Brown was killed, a lot of the the community meetings were held in churches in Ferguson and nearby. Churches were also used as safe spaces where people of any faith could gather during the protests. 
and places where people could seek services and counseling. But moving beyond the physical structure of churches, Mathley Kipp believes that faith and religious ritual have also been an important presence in Ferguson over the last several months. Despite the generational issues that she mentioned earlier, faith still manages to bring people together when they need it most. Mathley Kipp attended several marches that open with prayers. When I first heard it, it struck me as um, surprising in a way, but just because uh, at least at the rallies that I went to, the audience was pretty diverse, but the service or, or the ritual that was being conducted was pretty akin to a black church service. The ritual and familiarity of prayers and songs helped bring this diverse group of people together. And Mathley Kipp believes this type of unity is especially important as Ferguson looks toward the future. For many people, the question has become, what now? Well, that's the biggest challenge, I think, now, is how, as some people have said, how do you turn a moment into a movement? How do you sustain the kind of energy and passion and commitment that arose after Mike Brown's death into something that's really going to affect lasting change? And even if you figure out how to do that, which is hard enough to do, how do you decide what to focus on? There are you know, some people that want to focus more on policing. There are others who see, who trace the problem to just the, the kind of segregated housing that has emerged in St. Louis and other cities like this for decades. Others, you know, want to do sort of job training programs for young African-American men so that uh, there won't be sort of the frustrations uh, in communities around high unemployment. So it's, it, there's so much to be done. I think it's, uh, it's hard to know where to begin, or people have sort of begun it in different ways, and it's hard to know how to keep up collective excitement if you don't have one goal. As people in Ferguson and beyond work toward finding a common goal, once again, religion comes into focus as church leaders step into political roles. I think it makes perfect sense that a couple of the prominent people on the Ferguson Commission that was appointed are African-American ministers. Those are the folks who do have a better sense of social services that are already being offered, of some of the problems that are being experienced by their own congregants and other people in, in local communities, so they can bring to it a kind of expertise. And I think in some ways, at least as we've seen in the first couple of meetings of that commission, just the ability to listen to people who are still really, really angry. And a lot of, I think a lot of the work is just going to be around making sure that people feel like their voices are being heard. So ministers tend to be pretty good at that. <laughs> so I think that that kind of strength is coming out. This sort of unity is needed in Ferguson as it continues to heal and look toward the future. But Mathley Kipp believes that it's also needed across St. Louis as a whole. She credits local leaders like Tracy Blackman, pastor of Christ the King United Church of Christ, for working to bring the city together toward a common purpose. You know, like a lot of cities, it's easy to sort of to feel like you don't have a whole lot in common with neighbors, and particularly where there's been such a history of segregation, of white flight. Um, one thing that I've noticed that I think is really hopeful is that not only that religion provides sort of a common language for people to come back together, but I see that happening as clergy around the area who and churches, people in churches who have gotten to know one another better through protests, through coming together in community meetings, 
start to feel like they're one city again. And I think that's a hopeful sign. I think that's something churches can do. Many thanks to Lori Maffley-Kipp for contributing to Hold That Thought. For more from our series on religion and politics, including Maffley-Kipp discussing her research on the Mormon faith, please visit holdthatthought.wustl.edu. Thanks for listening.